Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's never been easier to communicate with people, but it's never been harder to know which platform you're supposed to communicate on. Here's a simpler solution. With call, meet, and message all in one app, RingCentral makes communication easy. With all that connectivity in the palm of your hand, you can work from anywhere with anyone at any time and never miss a beat. Because when it comes to communication, simple is better. Learn more at ringcentral.com. Ring Central, simpler communications. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. Welcome to MLB Daily, your one-stop shop for daily baseball content. I am LJ LaFura. Alongside me, I've got Brandon Karam, and we are a Belly Up Sports podcast. We are what they aren't. Brandon, how you doing? LJ, doing good. Um, excited to sit down and talk all about relievers today, but... um. LJ, I know we didn't talk about this prior to the show, but we had uh, quite a bit of action in last night's games that I feel we should uh, touch on first. Oh, we, we had stuff happen. We indeed had stuff happen. LJ, would you like to recap what was a very nice game for the Los Angeles Angels as they beat the Red Sox 5-2? to two? Oh, that's where we're going to start. Okay. Sure. Um, hey, no, look, at, we've been leading with the Angels for the last few days, so. Oh, I know. But yeah, I mean, you know, you figured something had to happen at some point here. Um, I'm certainly not beat up about it, but this comes down to, you know, Shohei Otani. I mean, Pavetta certainly didn't pitch his best towards the end of this game as the Angels beat the Red Sox 5-2, but this was a terrific outing from Otani. Seven innings, four hits, one earned, six strikeouts for him. He also hits the two-run homer that puts them ahead. Um, he basically, again, this was a superhuman performance from a terrific player that won the game for his team, stopped the streak for his team. Let's see if this is now going to be a one-and or 
this is the end of a losing streak. And if I'm right, you said on the show yesterday, you were like, if Otani hits a homer and, and pitches a gem, then maybe the Angels might win. You literally said that. And- yep, that's 100%, and that's 100% what I believed because, you know, this team has found ways to, first off, squander great pitching performances but beat themselves time and time again over the last two weeks. And, like, in those situations, how can you think anything else other than the fact that you need your best player to go out and do something ridiculous if you're going to be able to get the win here? Mm. Absolutely. And, yeah. and, really, and really, that was the only one that I felt – comfortable all week picking the, the angels as the pitching matchup favorite too like this was their one shot and this is probably their shot for the next um couple days i mean we're talking what in these next two series against the mets and the dodgers these next five games who would you say is a favorite at this point i'd say patrick sandoval over taiwan walker that's about it yeah, probably. So not a good stretch. Not not a very uh, optimistic stretch coming up after this, which is why breaking at least one game from Boston is so huge. And with that said, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, they'll probably take one from the Mets because that's not really in the Mets' nature to sweep. So, you know, either way, though, you're talking about 2-19. and 19. Yeah. Two nineteen stretch over almost a month now. Not good. That's no bueno. Um. Also, in last night's games, Garrett Cole got roughed around as the Twins become the seventh team in MLB history to lead off um their or to lead off the game, or in, 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 in this case, the bottom of the first inning, with three straight home runs as Luis Arias, Byron Buxton, and Carlos Correa all take Cole deep um, in the first inning. I, I believe it was four pitches total and three home runs. Cole ends up giving up five homers in the game, his final line, two and a third, eight hits, seven earned, five home runs, three strikeouts. But two to Buxton as well. Yeah, two to Buxton, both bombs. Um, and the Yankees end up coming back and winning this game 10 to 7, believe it or not. Uh, as the Yankees bullpen uh really just wins the game for us. Um Aside from the offense, it was it was this this bullpen not allowing a single run after Cole got taken out, um, and then from the offense we got contributions from guys that we hadn't really gotten much from, um, and that's Aaron Hicks three RBIs two for five hit a home run, and then a uh, Joey Gallo two home runs uh, and three RBIs. So nice to see that just a great win and a win that we certainly would not have had last year. Um, I can assure you. And that's the difference between the 2021 Yankees and the 2022 Yankees. Yeah. And you know, especially considering like this is probably the hardest way to come back because there was no big innings for this team. You know, you start down three enough, or I'm sorry, you get down three, one, all of a sudden you get a 
two runs in the second, and then you go two runs in the fifth, sixth, seventh, and then another, then another one in the eighth is the way this goes. Those aren't huge numbers. Those are just quietly chipping away at a six-run deficit. That's really that's a great place to be in as a team to be able to do that. It's also a very challenging place to be as a bullpen because you really have to stick in it. You have to be mentally engaged every single person. It's not like they went up 10 to seven in the sixth inning and got to just kind of hold on through. No, there was a lot more uh, pushing to be done. And even after this blow up start, Cole, uh, Garrett Cole still has a 3.63 ERA. Um, and I want to see what his ERA plus is um, 105. So, you know, Certainly not his his uh, his a uh, greatest season by any means, but he's you know if if you like to look at wins and losses, he's five and one. He is five and one. That. So five and one. I mean that kind of forces him into the uh, Cy Young conversation. It does. Um, eighty four strikeouts already. That, that's a lot. Now you have to remind me. This is kind of off topic, but what exactly is our um. metric again so we say that great starts is seven seven innings of three runs or less or two runs of less i believe it's six innings we said six innings two runs six innings two runs or less or it might have been five innings because we said that no that's a good that would be because that would be what we were talking about being a good start we're talking about a good start yeah i think it was six innings two earned or seven innings three earned it makes sense to me. Six, six innings, two earned, I think, is, makes sense. Or would it would it have been both, though? I have no idea. Oh no. Anyway, we can make a new in- metric for this year. No, I like our our old metric was great, and it was that, but more so. And the I new one can be f- better. It was ever any any outing with four earned runs or more was the other side of it, right? Blow up starts. Yeah, four or my five. I don't know. We'll check. We'll, we'll get that all straightened out before the Cy Young. But either way, Garrett Cole is the epitome of both because he finds ways to put up a lot of, of either side. There's very few middling performances from Garrett Cole over the last couple of years. Yeah, no, I can certainly agree with that. Garrett Allen Cole. I wasn't expecting that middle name. Yes, yeah. sir. All right, Brandon, um, we have one more piece. That you, I'm not sure if you're burying it or trying to save the best for last. We had some action out of this L.A. Dodgers-Chicago White Sox game yesterday that must come up. No, LJ, I'm too embarrassed to, to have to talk about this. Too embarrassed? It's just, it's just unbelievable. It's inexplicable. So for those who missed it um, – this was a what was the score at this point? Seven five. It was a seven five game in favor of the Dodgers in the top of the sixth. We they've got two outs, and Trey Turner is up at the plate. It's a one two count. You know you're down two. You're feeling good. I don't recall well, who was on the mound. Who was on the mound? Could, so, a little more context. During the middle of the at-bat, so it's the at-bat started with Freddie Freeman on first base. Then there was a wild pitch moving him to second base. So first base was unoccupied. 
when and you have Bennett Sosa out there on the mound. Either way, one and two count, two outs. Runner on Brandon, second now. You're you're but you're feeling pretty good about your chances of getting out of the Senate, correct? Yes, you're no. you you are one strike away. Um, absolutely. You're one strike Trade away. Is good, but you know, the worst case is that he hits a home run and then it's nine to five. Um, that's the worst case. Or, you know, he could hit a single and maybe Freddie Freeman scores, so it'd be eight five. But you yeah, know, you're only one where it goes. Yeah, but you know, you're only <laughs> one strike away from completely getting out of the inning with no runs. Just one no, all no. your pitcher has to do, who you're paying a lot of money, is just execute one pitch. And that pitch statistically has very little chance of being hit because it is the second out. At that count, your batting average drops dramatically. But what does our dear friend Tony decide to do? Good old Tony LaRusa. Tony LaRusa on a one and two count says, hey, well, you know, since first base is unoccupied, let's just intentionally walk Trey Turner so now we can set up a force out at any base and we get the left-on-left matchup uh, with Bennett Sousa and Max Muncie, LJ. Oh, that sounds wonderful. It sounds like a smart plan, except, you know, you're only one pitch away, but, you know, maybe this is for the better. Was it for the better, Brandon? <laughs> Max Muncie steps up <laughs> and hits a three-run home run. Um, and that makes it 10-5, to five, and then Bennett Sousa gets replaced <laughs> you i know. wonder why but in all fairness it's not his fault that is possibly the dumbest decision he gets a walk and a home run credited to his stat line that just is not <laughs> none of which are necessary if i'm him i'm so i'm so mad 100 <laughs> like that is downright terrible i'm trying to find the homer um to figure out how hard it was but you know thinking it through i was on in the camp that all right first off this is the worst managerial decision the scariest craziest managerial decision of the year i never thought in my wildest dreams that joe madden would have been surpassed but this 100 percent surpasses bases loaded intentional walk doesn't do it for you Intentionally walking Corey Seager at the bases loaded, eliciting the most confused look out of Mike Trout just so he could get the matchup against Mitch Garver. Ends up going to win it. Ends up going on to win it. At that point in time. It worked out for them. Yeah. (laughs) If it hadn't worked out for them, that is a fireable offense. Joe Madden goes on to get fired within two months of that. They won't have the guts to fire him, but that is 100% a fireable offense from Tony LaRusso. That is absolutely, like, lame brain right there. And the fact that he went on to defend it because he's a uh, Trey Turner is a really good two-strike hitter is just comical. 100, 100.2 miles an hour off the bat, 26-degree exit velo- or launch angle for a 362-foot bomb. Nice. Beautiful. Whites, uh, the Dodgers win 11 to nine. 
and um, they're 37 and 20. They're, they're sitting very nice. Um, but let's talk about the AL relievers of the year. Is that right, LJ? That is, I believe, where we are as we march on through past Memorial Day, talking about all of the major headlines, all of the major instances that are coming up around the league. And we've gotten to who really should be the front runner. Who would we give the rookie or reliever of the year, excuse me, to right now if we had to? Brandon, I forget. Did we decide we've made tier lists for this? Did we decide to start our tier lists from the top or the bottom? From the top. Um, from the top. So I'm going to go ahead and start with my top tier. I had four tiers here the leaders, the contenders, the pack, and the OLI, the outside looking in. My leader here, Clay Holmes. Um, I'm pretty sure it's relatively self-explanatory. He's been an absolute monster for the Yankees. Finally got that starting, um, or excuse me, not starting job, that closing job for the Yankees this year. Already has nine saves, as many saves as their original closer. And he's only been in the job for, what, three weeks? Four weeks? Three weeks? Brandon? Mm -hmm. About three weeks. Yeah. Um, if we're talking about championship win percentage added, he's at 1.5, and that is the best among any reliever in the American League. Alec Manoa is the only pitcher in the American League with a higher win percentage added there for him. And then the next closest reliever is half a percentage point away. Yeah, um, I can... I can speak on Clay Holmes a little bit. He's just been unbelievable for this team this year. Um, and LJ, do you happen to remember who the Yankees traded away for Clay Holmes? And we, we talked about it because we felt that as the Yankees as an organization were slighting this player so much and treating this player horribly. Do you happen to remember who it was? Um. It was when we were in injury hell. We were cycling through guys in the minor leagues like Trey Ambergie and Greg Allen. I can't remember. The only two players I can re remember you guys particularly uh, treating like crap are Clint Frazier and Brett Gardner. LJ, it was Hoy Park. Hoy Park, that's right. And he couldn't get put on the 40-man to save his life. He was hitting like he was hitting crazy in AAA. And we wouldn't call him up. Finally, we called him up for one game. He did not make an appearance, sent him back down, and then we traded him for Clay Holmes. That's certainly a... Uh... Can the Pirates ever make a good trade, though? Like, come on. <laughs> come no, on. but, I mean, they have to make a trade somewhere. You just wish it would be something a little more uh, quality. I mean, Hoy Park is still in AAA. Um, got sent back down. He's currently slashing 210, 378. 290 for Pittsburgh and AAA after putting up slightly worse numbers. He's got a 95 weighted runs created plus in AAA. He had a 59 weighted runs created plus in the majors this year. Well, um, I'm going to go through my top tier list. My top tier is called guys that can actually win um, the award. And I came to four names, Liam Hendricks, uh, Clay Holmes, Emmanuel Classe, uh, 
excuse me, Emmanuel Classe of the Guardians and Jordan Romano of the Blue Jays. Um, you know, realistically, you have to be a closer to win this award. Um, Hendricks and Romano both have 16 saves. Um, and Classe has 10, but has put up great stats when when you when it comes to ERA and even war. Um, and then we just talked about Clay Holmes and you know, I can't imagine a situation where the Yankees put Aroldis Chapman back in this closer role when he returns from his injury um, with the way that Clay Holmes has been pitching. Um, but, yeah, those four, I think, um, have a legit chance, especially when it comes to saves. And um, they're all on good teams, so um, they'll certainly have good, uh, enough chances to be able to, um, you know, uh, rack up those counting stats yeah i ended up putting both liam hendricks and jordan romano on that second line for me and frankly i mean jordan romano if you asked me three weeks ago would have been the leader no matter what clay holmes was doing because at that point just his pace was just so good he's just as talented he still has just as much capability of winning this award as the rest I just, I'm not sure if he's going to be able to keep up a strong enough pace with this Blue Jays team, especially if they get on good hot runs finally. Like last time that they got, when they were competitive before, like the first couple of weeks when he was putting up all these saves, they were being competitive entirely because of him. They were playing in so many tight games, ridiculously close games. Then they fall, fell apart for a couple of weeks, right? And now they're actually winning games convincingly. He's not as necessary for this team and ultimately i mean liam hendricks or clay clay holmes i'm going to pick clay holmes who i want coming out of my bullpen right now is just wow, on, okay. another, on another level compared to the two that's why those two are the guys chasing the pack or chasing the leader but uh speaking of that let's go over to what i called the pack it really should be the peloton that second grouping here of people chasing the leading pack our little peloton here I'm going to give that spot to J.P. Fireisen of the Tampa Bay Rays, Jason Adams of the Tampa Bay Rays, Joe Barlow of the Texas Rangers, and Emmanuel Classe of the Cleveland Guardians. I'll touch on Emmanuel Classe first. Love the guy. I think he's got amazing stuff. But as we talked about before, this award is a lot about optics. And for me, this wasn't strong enough a uh, season so far from an optic standpoint. Yes, you have the 193 ERA. Yes, you have the, how many saves is it? 10 saves. Yes, you have a 10.4 strikeouts per nine. But he, early on in the year so far, when he was blowing games, he was blowing them bad. Like, mm-hmm. it was full-on meltdown. And in my head, that there hasn't been enough done, enough terrific showings from him to counteract that yet. And if it's not like that in my mind, who's desperately trying to find a reason to put him in one of these top tiers, then it's definitely not for the person who doesn't necessarily care or doesn't have such a strong opinion on Emmanuel Classe. So long-term, he's 100% still in this race. That's why he's here. And he could easily jump by the end of the year to being the leader or being a contender but I think he needs to keep going at this level 
a little while longer if he's going to get that respect from the people who saw him early on and immediately threw him out. My second tier is... Is there anyone else you wanted to touch on in my group before we move in, or are all of those guys in your group? Um, I'm going to get to those get all those guys eventually. Okay. Um, my second tier is guys that are good but need a lot to go right for them to win this award. Uh, we have Michael King, who is put up, uh, I believe the second most war out of all relievers might be the most. Um, it is the most with 1.4 clay Holmes, a second with 1.0, a uh, Michael King. It's been extremely valuable for the Yankees. Um, there's no way they uh, like, I, I don't really see him having a chance to win the award since he is kind of like our two inning guy out of the bullpen. Um, our, shut he but he's been shut down in that role um you know it, i guess if, if if clay holmes went down he would be the closer um and so that's how he could sneak into there and he's already got enough stats and the innings pitched so had to give a shout out to him rysel iglesias um the angels would need to start winning games for him to get saves and rysel iglesias would also have to stop losing games for him to get put into this conversation. He's got actually not bad um, stats. I I think he's been a bit unlucky this year. But that doesn't, again, expected should, I I don't think expected should win you awards. No, certainly not. At the end of the day, it comes down to what what you've done. We're not projecting towards anything with an award. And then I threw JP Fireisen in there. Um, once again, because he's not a closer, it's very hard to win this award, but he is still not allowed an earned run through like 20 innings. And frankly, I think there's a case for calling him the second best closer in these lists. He of course was in my pack and this has just been dominant stuff. Um, you're talking about nine nine strikeouts per nine. I know he's not a closer, but at some point, like. You know, there's certainly, I don't think past those three, in my eyes, past Clay Holmes, past Jordan Romano, past Liam Hendricks, there's any closers that are putting up that strong a resume to win it, to for him not to be able to outplay them. So, and what's what's also crazy to me is that is that a JP Fireisen is the guy that comes over in the trade for Willie Adamas. Yep. Can you imagine what that that a bullpen looks like in Milwaukee with Williams, Hader, and Fireising? Yeah, that would be absolutely amazing. Um, just you're not getting anything after the seventh, after the sixth inning. I hate to tell you, but um, yeah, my point being, you know, I've got Joe Barlow and Emmanuel Classe in this. Uh, the pack, the Peloton, I've got really here in my tier three. I think that the other two guys in this tier can flat out outplay them and their resume is going to be able to be stronger. Crazier things have happened than three three different closers falling off the map. You know, one gets hurt, two don't play well, one doesn't or one doesn't play well, one doesn't get the opportunities and all of a sudden you can see JP Fireisen in there. Another issue that I think really could come up for for him 
is the fact that in that scenario, he could well be competing against the other, the second best um, non-closer reliever out there who's also on the Rays, Jason Adams. Jason Adams, 25 innings pitched, 0.7. Did I say Adams? Yes. Jason Adams, 25 innings pitched, 0.72 ERA, 10.8 strikeouts per nine. Like, honestly, if the second JP Fireisen, JP Irefizen, um, as soon as he gives up an earned run, I think he relinquishes the top non-closer in the American League role. In my eyes, that's how strong the play is for Jason Adam. It's tough because there's the S and Jason, and you just want to keep that going. Yeah, no, 100%. Um, That's why he's not going to win the award. No one can say his name. LJ, and I'm I'm glad that you brought that up because I'm going to get into my third tier, which is full of these guys, and it's called guys that are really good that you've never heard of because they're not closers. Um, We have Willie Peralta of the Tigers, who is, is off to quite the start to the season. Let me pull up um, the stats here. Yeah, so Willie Peralta, 20 and a third innings pitched um, to a .89 ERA. Um, that's certainly very good. Um, next up, we have Brock Burke of the Texas Rangers. And super impressive, 30 innings pitched already out of the bullpen and 17 appearances um, for a 0.90 ERA. Um, next up, we have Penn Murphy from the Seattle Mariners, 20 innings pitched in a 0.09 ERA, or excuse me, 0.90 ERA. Um, Jorge Lopez of the Orioles, 27 innings pitched in a 1 ERA. Like LJ mentioned, Jason Adam, he's got 25 innings and a 0.72 ERA. And then Eli Morgan of the Guardians is sitting at a 24 and two-thirds innings and a 1.46 ERA. Brandon, can you read out those names all together again without the stats, just so to review? Absolutely. Willie Peralta, Brock Burke, Penn Murphy. Jorge Lopez, Jason Adam, and Eli Morgan. Now, did you talk at all about Joe Barlow? Because he's the last guy from my Peloton that um, hasn't gotten a chance to be talked about. And I'm kind of feeling off about putting him into this third tier. Really probably should be in that second tier. At some point here, we have to start giving this guy the respect he deserves here. 2.21 ERA. 11 saves. He, this is in his second year in the majors with an eight strikeouts per nine. You know, last year, 1.55 over 29 innings with 11 saves. At what point does this consistency actually put him into popularity? Um, you know, you would, you would hope that he could just have a strong season here. Um, it, it really only takes one good season out of a, reliever for people to start talking about them you know I feel like if he could crack the at least 25 saves 
people will start to at least know who he is. One weird thing I see here, um, he has a negative war on the season and an expected ERA of 6.03, despite very good, you know, non-expected stats. Um, it's just strange to see that. Um, but well, I mean, if, I it, if it does help you, his reference war is 0. 0.7. Okay, so that that um, certainly does make me feel a little bit better. Um, but yeah, for the Rangers who have not been playing bad whatsoever, so put some respect no, on the Rangers. That's, that's going to help him. So Brandon, you're through all of your tiers? Yes, that was everybody. So I've got one more here. The outside looking in group, the guys that I don't really take too seriously. Like there's not really a scenario at this point in time where I could see them winning it, but you know, better things, crazier things can happen, could happen, have happened. And, you know, I wouldn't hate to see these guys get that recognition. Either way, they deserve to be talked about Gregory Soto of the Detroit Tigers. You know, this is a guy with 12 saves, 1.71 ERA. He's just been, he's been very fine. He's been probably the most mediocre, or not mediocre, but meh closer on this list that we've talked about. Rafael Montero for the Houston Astros has also been terrific. 1.99 with a 9.5 strikeouts per nine. I believe when you talk about championship win percentage added, he's also up there. He's got 1%. He is ninth on this list, tied for eighth with um, Adam. Wow. And then past that, we got Brock Burke. Brandon's already certainly given him plenty of run. And then Seth Martinez of the Houston Astros. Seth Martinez, I lost his page here. Hold on. He's only thrown like 14 innings, I think, but he's been like shut down. He's been terrific. He's got He's got no earned runs and a .6 war over that stretch only 0.71 strikeouts per nine, but there's one particular stat that drew me towards him. And that is really, it kind of goes to show his role over those 14 innings pitched. He has a one point or 137 left on base percentage plus. He's 37% better than average when it comes to leaving runners on when he gets them. I'm trying to pull up his uh, left. Interesting. But that's just terrific numbers. You know, you're talking about one of the best in the league when it comes to that. He's left every runner on that's come up around him. Wow. Yeah, I mean, that's certainly something that you would hope that your relievers can do. So um, Yeah, and honestly, that's a decent case where I feel like if somebody's looking for an outside pick, they're going to run to Seth Martinez because outside of being a closer who goes up in all of the big high leverage situations, there's no higher leverage than your cleanup man. The, the guy that's going to come out there and he's going to be able to leave those guys on base. He's going to be able to get you out of jams. And that's kind of the purpose that Seth Martinez has been serving for this team in a number of instances. So, you know, with more, with some more innings, I could see people getting talked into them if they're looking for a sneaky pick. Well, LJ, do you have anyone else that you would like to cover? That is it. That's all I have. Those are my four tiers. All right. Well, I think that that is going to wrap up today's show. 
thank you guys for listening. Be sure to check us out uh, at MLB Daily on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Um, and we will see you tomorrow. See you manana. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.